Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. Be'ez Hashem, Shalom Bayashir, number 287. Part of the attraction um, is not just physical attraction, like we spoke about in the last year, but it's an attraction of connecting your personalities with one another. And very often, even people with different personalities, once they learn about each other's different personalities in the right way, they learn to get attracted and find aspects of it appealing. And therefore, because of this and many other reasons, Be'ezus Hashem, uh, I do want to make shiurim on personality types, both the MBTI system, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, as well as the Enneagram, which uh, many of you have heard about, and they're fascinating, unbelievable tools. Both of them are fantastic. Enneagram is a lot more deeper and more a vehicle for growth. MBTI is great in understanding people and being done like people. And in marriages, if you use these personality types the right way and understand who you are and what you're like, what your wife's like, what your children's like, it changes things so much for the better when you have this understanding. And uh, it can help on overall becomes a lot easier and understanding the differences in people and not and understanding why sometimes you you find things different than others and why you think differently and so on and so forth we had early on in a very early share we touched upon a little bit about personality types we'll touch upon it about uh, now and as Hashem in future shiurim at some point I want to go through every single type of the MBTI and the Enneagram in particular, to explain each type at, at length, and also um, general but as it pertains to Shalom Bayis, and when your kids, when sometimes you clash with your kids. I'll say one point about the children aspect of it, what's very important for all of you to know. You may find, especially if you have big mishpachas with a lot of children, that sometimes you click with one some children more than others. You just, pers- you just, in your mind, it seems like you like some children over others, or you even love some children over others. And we talked about, you know, in the Chumash about Vayesha with the Kasaylis Pasim, how very careful you have to be and sensitive not to show favoritism and all these things. But one thing parents need to understand and realize that very, very often, the reason why sometimes you feel a deep kinship and connection to some children of yours, while others less so, has nothing to do with how much you really, really love them or how much your souls are connected and so on and so forth. But it more has to do with the personality types. Sometimes you have children that are very much like you in similar interests or personality that appeals to you. So you click with them more, perhaps, than with other children that it's less natural because you're somewhat different and um, have different interests or different, uh, you know, personality makeups. Once you recognize this and realize this, then you realize that the love, the etzimahava, and the love you have for each child is really unique and special. And the fact that sometimes you gravitate this way or that way means absolutely nothing and this takes away a lot of kinna, a lot of sinna, a lot of misunderstandings by realizing this. So we're going to talk about, uh, just to give you the basics now of the MBTI, just as a summary, and Metzeshem will be Myrich more at some point in later shiurim. Uh, 
So the way it is in the MBTI system is that there are 16 personality types uh, with a combination of eight different letters. And we're going to go through the what those eight letters are right now. So the first set of letters is I, which means introvert, or E, which means extrovert. I think most of you, even if you're not familiar with personality types, understand generally what these terms mean. And it's very common in our vocabulary, but it's very often misinterpreted. Uh, But really, extroversion and introversion, it doesn't mean, has nothing to do with your desire for relationships. You could be uh, loving people very much and wanting to interact with people and still be an introvert. And both of them are human beings made in, uh, made in, with a tzalamalikim, and they all desire relationships. So it's not referring to your desire for relationships, but your focus towards the world. Do you focus on the world around you, or do you focus on the world that's inside of you? Do you look to your relationships and interactions to fill you up and get yourself energized? Or do you look inside yourself, preferring alone time and quiet to recharge and rest? The key to understanding whether you're an extrovert or an introvert is as follows, is that when you feel overwhelmed or you feel burned out or you feel very tired, what energizes you? Does it energize you more now that to recharge my batteries, I need to be alone? I need my alone time? Read a book? Uh, go walk, take a long walks to recharge and rebuild my energy, or that means you're an introvert, or you just dis- no, you get energized by meeting and interacting with people, by going to places, by going to shurim and talking to people about things and so on. That energizes you. Then most likely you are an extrovert, and very often married couples they could both be introverts and get along very well. They could both be extroverts and get along very well. And you can have one as an introvert and one as an extrovert and get along very well. They just have to understand how to balance with each other. And very often when you find with a husband and wife, as an example, one wants to go to every simcha and be there for a long time and schmooze, and the other one enjoys it and likes it but wants to get home earlier, that conflict is not a marriage conflict per se, but it's a personality difference between the two of them. It's not that the introvert doesn't like people or even love people. They do. But at a certain point of socializing, they had enough. And now, uh, you know, that's it. So that, that's, that's an important aspect to understand, to, to understand the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. And it helps tremendously in Shalom Bayis when you learn about it with who each other is. Very often you could be somewhere in the middle. In other words, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert, rather. I'm an introvert and a pretty extreme introvert in most cases. My wife is also an introvert because, again, she also gets energized from being alone. But at the same time, if you look at the two of us together, my wife looks like an extrovert compared to me. She's much more outgoing than I am, but she's still an introvert be'etzim. So you learn these nuances as you go along. And Till now, I thought that this is just, uh, you know, if you like personality types and study them, then study them. And if you don't like it, don't bother. But I think on a certain level, it's important for every person to understand this, whether they like the concept of personality types or not, because it really can help interactions, both at work and in businesses and in marriages and in handling children. The next difference between the two is the letter N, 
and S. N means intuitive. S means sensing. In general, the difference between these two is what the person's tendency is in the way they process information. So if you're an N, which means intuitive, that means you're more interested in gathering information based on what you're experiencing and what you're gathering internal, you read between the lines, you trust your intuition more, your instincts more, and you're more in in understanding of of theories and nuances and so on and so forth. That's an N, an intuitive. S is sensing. They're very, very down-to-earth. They process information by looking at facts. They're tuned into the physical world more than anything else. They absorb things and process everything they see, hear, touch, and experience through the five senses. And they're very, very practical people through and through. S's are very practical. N's are more theoretically theoretical and more dreamlike. So, for example, you ask a, a, a S, you ask an N, sorry, uh, how do you get to this and this place? Oh, just uh, turn here, turn there. And before you know it, you'll get there. You ask an S, how do you get there? Oh, you turn on this street, and then you make a left on that street, and then you make a right on this street, and then you're going to see this particular sign, and then it's going to curve this way. You get the idea. The S is very in tune to the physical real world, and the N is more flighty, more dreamlike, more uh, theoretical. And again, between a husband and wife. Marriages between two S's, down-to-earth people can help, can work. Marriages between two intuitive people can, can work. And marriages between one intuitive, one sensing can also work as long as they understand what it is. One could be very down-to-earth and practical. The other one could be more theoretical. And nevertheless, they could find that common ground and balance each other out in a beautiful way. So that's the NNS. The next thing, which is also common for people to understand is T or F, or F. T means thinking, F means feeling. This aspect of your personality refers to how you make your decisions. If you're a T, you're a thinker. Thinkers are commonly, um, their intellect, their head over heart. They make choices based on what they know is true, rather what they feel. They analyze everything, approach life with a logic, and pursue truth. And um, they're less emotional they feel emotions, but they base decisions and think in a very intellectual, logical way. That's the T. And if you're an F, you're a feeling feeler, you make your choices by trusting your heart and your relationships and sentiments and close relationships and emotions are very important. Peace and harmony are important. And that's the primary motivation in the decisions you make. Now, again, if you're a F, you're a feeler, and you look at a T, you'll say they're cold. But they're not cold. They are warm. They love people too. But they think they, they make decisions based on a more practical and logical manner. Two T's could be married to each other and do well. Two F's could be married with each other and do well. Two, a one T and one F, one thinker and one feeler, can have a wonderful, wonderful marriage. But again, you could see where conflict sometimes comes in. Because sometimes, for example, one of them is the T, a thinking, and they'll express something. They don't mean to hurt anybody. They don't mean to anything malicious whatsoever. They're just stating a certain fact based on what they're seeing. And to the feeler, it may seem insensitive. So, and then, on the other hand, the th- thinker thinks the feeler is too touchy. An example of a thinker and a feeler example is is a interesting idea, is like this: is if let's say I'm giving you an example, let's say two women, one one is a T, one is an F. If a T goes into a shoe store, 
and really wants to buy a pair of shoes, asks the customer service, tries on this one, tries on that one, and really, als Ehrlich, they wanted to buy a pair of shoes. But ultimately, they didn't find what they want. So after 30, 35 minutes of trying this, trying that, they say, thank you very much for your time, but right now there's nothing here that, uh, that fits what I, what I need, and thank you, and I leave. The feeler, the F, goes into the same shoe store, also tries on these shoes, for the, and, 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 and spends 30 minutes, sees they don't need anything, and walks out of the store and feels terribly guilty. Oi, I feel so bad that I didn't buy the pair of shoes. They put, put so much effort into it. And again, neither of them are wrong emotions. You went in ehrlichly to want to buy a pair of shoes. A T thinks more analytically. That's the business. I wanted to buy it. I didn't find it. They wasted their 30 minutes, but that's part of their job. You know, and I sincerely wanted to buy it, just didn't didn't fit. The feeler has a more emotional feeling to it. I feel bad. You know, so you see the the difference between the two. That could cause conflict, but at the same time, when understanding each other, they could really, really complement each other greatly. The fourth difference is between J and P. J means judging and P means perceiving. This is how you structure your life primarily. If you're a J or a judger, that means that you're task-oriented, you're scheduled, you're structured, you thrive on deadlines, on plans, on checklists. You have goals and schedules and you, you, you basically go with that. P, perceiving on the other hand, they're more flexible, they're more spontaneous, they're more adaptable to change. And um, they prefer freedom in their work. And, uh, you know, be more open-ended and they don't like deadlines or rigid goals. So this also, by the way, is an interesting idea between a husband and a wife. Where are you going to be for Shabbos? So let's plan something for Shabbos. A J, who's very detailed-oriented and goal-oriented, they want to know what where they're going to be Shabbos. Uh, they like to know already by, by, by Monday, by Tuesday, by Wednesday morning the latest. And they want to know where and what and when and who. While to the other extreme, a P, or an extreme P, a perceiver, uh, you know, whatever. Are we going away the Shabbos? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Thursday afternoon, we'll figure it out, you know. So again, it could create conflict with one another. But if you understand each other, a J and P could be married to each other and do beautifully well. So basically, this is just a real short synopsis. And the Myers-Briggs type indicator, they take basically these four categories. You're either an I or an E. You're either an introvert or extrovert primarily. You're either an N or an S. You're either an intuitive or a sensor. You're either a T or an F. You're either a thinker or a feeler. Or you're either a J or a P, a judger or a perceiver. And so there's, every person has four letters. And there could be 16 different combinations of those. And again, they're nuanced very much. And when you understand your personality, it informs a lot about what you do, how you do it, what clicks, what doesn't click. Now, you're going to say, you know, uh, again, in dating, how far do you go with this? It's a very good question, because very often you could have opposite um, fluid personalities. And nevertheless, if you're both a mensch and you both have common goals with one another, you could do wonderful even if you have uh, differences in personality. So there's nothing wrong in a dating experience where one of them is very structured and the other one is more laid back, and it could work very well. Maybe if they're extremes, maybe 
it's you know you got to think twice. For example, if you're one of them is very very quiet and wants to read books all the time, and they're extreme that way, and the other one wants to go bungee jumping and and travel all over the place. Okay, then you see there's a vast difference between the two. So you have to give it some more thought to see if it's you know if it's workable because you you have to have a common lifestyle to a certain degree. And if it's way way out out there, so then you can understand why it create, could create conflict. But but very often it can't. The key really is is not the difference in personality, but really how you deal with it in the relationships, how you understand and become more intuitive of seeing your life through seeing life through the other person's eyes and heart. If you're a T, you can understand what an F is. If you're a thinker, you can understand what a feeler is. And then when you understand that, then even a T can relate and adapt to the F, to the feeler, and vice versa too. If you're an F, you're overly emotional, generally speaking, and you're married to someone that's a little more intellectual and more control over their emotions, you understand it, and then you realize it's not coldness, it's warmth also, but it's just the way they, their process of decision-making, and they could get along and become very, very close either way. So it's not a matter of what personality, but more how you view it. And Mithashem, we will continue um, at some point to go through personality types at length because I truly believe that very often once you understand this about yourself and about your wife or husband and your children, it can make Shalom Bayes so much easier, so much more understandable, where you really um, remove the dafka, meaning you remove, you think very often that things are irritating or purposefully, and then you realize the way brains are wired and the personality is you realize that is, there's nothing intentionally hurtful here at all, and it's a matter of just adapting and getting used to, and it removes a lot of the agmas nefesh if you use the study of these personality types in a healthy way, which Beli Neder, with Hashem's help, I will try to do at in future shiurim at some point in time. Hatzlachem bracha.